I want to look at this morning the this thought, the makings of a great father or makings of a great dad. Let's pray as we consider this thought from the word of God. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for today. Thank you for this chance we can meet. Thank you again for the Bible that guides us in truth. Help us again to embrace the truth again this morning. Help us again to understand what goes into a great kind of a father. Certainly the best father, the perfect father is our heavenly father. It's certainly our desires to be like him. And uh, we see, again, some of these qualities in this Father here. And so help us to see them here this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I look back at fatherhood, and, and it, it passes so fast. I just want to mention that it passes so fast. It, it passes by incredibly fast. I cannot believe that my children are growing up. Soon, my youngest will be 10. That's crazy. I mean... I shake myself sometimes thinking that my youngest soon will be 10. I shake myself thinking Noah there in the back is not 8 or 9 or, or so anymore. He's not. He's 16. My oldest is heading towards 30. Can you imagine that? I, I mean, yeah, you say, I can't imagine. You, what do you mean imagine that? It's, it's hard for me to believe that so much time has passed so quickly in my life. Yet, in this passage of Scripture, we find a father come to a place in his life where he's going to do some things that show him to be a great kind of a father. Before this incident in the Bible, I want you to notice back in Ezra chapter 6, let's turn back there, that before they came to pray at the river Ahava, before this father led a people to pray in the fast at the river Ahava, there was some things that took place before this. Notice here in Ezra chapter 6, verse number 16, the Bible says the children of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. And so before this, meeting at the river Ahava, there was a dedication of the temple of God. And they did this with joy because they had worked together to rebuild the temple. And there's great joy as a result of this building of the temple, we could look like this in some ways, maybe like some, again, get into a place where they, they have a house or they come to a place where they come to maybe one of those milestones in their life. And so before this River Ahava incident where they pray to God and they seek, again, a right way for them and their little children, there was a rebuilding of a temple or a place for them to worship the Lord. We also see here in Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 3, uh, 23, the Bible says this here. It says, Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of Israel. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the kings and his sons? It goes on and says a number of different things there. But I want you to notice also before this... Uh, meeting there to River Ahava, not only was our dedication of the temple, Lord, but there was a dedication of the people to do the will of the Lord. The Bible says there in verse number 23, whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done. This group of people had left Babylon and their prayer and their hope was restore worship, to restore things to where they used to be. As the world today and, and churches seem to depart further and further from what they were supposed to be or are supposed to be, we find in the Bible this father come to a place there 
where he gathers people together and they begin to pray together, they fast together for one purpose. What is that purpose there? Let's read back there in chapter 8, verse number 15. And I gathered them together at the river that runneth to Hava, that they abode there three days, and I viewed the people. And uh, what, what's the purpose there? It's the purpose there to restore worship, to restore things to where they should be and where they're supposed to be. And so in verse number 21, we see here in the Bible, it says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. As we consider here this thought of the making of a great father, this father had a desire here, as we see in verse number, uh, verse number 21, to certainly direct his family in the right way spiritually. As we look at this, it, it says here, and I just have these, verse, these words underlined, it says there, to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones. This, this father certainly had a, a family focus. He certainly had a very spiritual focus. He had a desire to be a great father and a great dad, and he was a great leader. But you say, what made this father what he was? He had a desire to do God's will. He had a desire to follow God's will. That's what makes for a great father, someone who wants to do God's will, to follow as closely after he can what his heavenly father would have him to do. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. You know, someone might say, what, what makes for a great kind of a father? Well, a great kind of father is someone who's seeking to follow after the will of his heavenly father. Again, that, that father which is on the earth is to be a reflection of his heavenly father which is in heaven. He is to seek a right way for himself and for his little ones. For his little ones. How many children he gets, that's certainly given to him by God. But we find here in the Bible that he is to be someone who seeks after the will of God. And that's just kind of an introductory thought to the makings of great father. Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 1 and verse number 2 teach us the same thing. It just says it here a little bit differently. It says, be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. It goes on and says some things that we shouldn't do. But I want to point out what we should do. It says, verse number two, but it says, walk in love as Christ has also loved us. You know, the purpose for Ezra trying to restore things to where they were supposed to be was to, again, establish things after the way of God. His goal was, again, to do those things which are right in God's eye and encourage his children to do the same. Ephesians chapter five, verse number two, it says, proving that which is acceptable unto the Lord. Our, our earthly fathers are to be a, a, a pattern of what a father in heaven would be like. But yet, if you look at the earthly fathers, whether it's me or someone else, you'll see flaws, you'll see imperfections in us, you'll see us not as we should be. No father, no matter how rich or poor he might be, is a perfect reflection of his heavenly father. But that's certainly what we should strive to be. 
And so I want to look at here, if you turn back to Ezra chapter 8 there, some things were, that were in the life of uh, Ezra there that were a reflection of God the Father. He was seeking, I believe, to be someone who was seeking to do the will of God. And as we consider some thoughts here this morning on some attributes that a great father should seek after, we see first of all here in, in, in Ezra and also in the Lord, and we'll look at them both here, that a great kind of a father will seek to be an initiator and a leader. An initiator and a leader. You see this here in verse number 15. It says, And I gathered them together to the river Ahia that runneth, uh, sorry, to the river that runneth to Hava, and there we abode in tents three days. And I viewed the people and the priests and found there none of the sons of Levi. You see him as initiator. You see the word I there. Now, again, sometimes we look at the word I, we say pride. But sometimes when it comes to the word I, it just means someone needs to step out and take a lead in something. Again, leading or trying to follow our Heavenly Father, trying to follow him as a leader is certainly the example we should follow after. You see the word I throughout this Chapter in verse 16, then sent I to Eliezer. Verse 17, and I sent them to the commandment of Adido. And uh, it says there, verse number 21, and I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that, I'm, that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek a right way uh, for us and for our little ones and for our, our substance. And it goes on, verse 22, it says, for I was ashamed to require the king. In verse 23, we, so we fasted. Verse 24, then I separated 12. It goes on, and you'll see there in the Bible, there was a lot of things that this father did. This father by the name of Ezra. He, say, he sought to initiate a spiritual revival amongst the people. He sought to do those things that were needful for a father to do. He was to be a reflection of God the Father. What does a dad do as an initiator? Well, let's look here, if we could, in the New Testament, 1 John chapter 4, as an initiator. You know, a, a dad is to be a leader of sorts, certainly, in the home. I understand, again, sometimes there's need for, again, maybe a mom to lead in some areas, certainly, again, some family areas, too. But, again, I, I see in the Bible, again, God, our Father, my Father, which is in heaven, led in some things. And I want to just point out a few here. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19. The Bible says this, We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Our Heavenly Father, also, also my, my Father, loved me before I loved him. We love him because he first loved us. Dads are to initiate love in the home. It's the dad, the father, that initiates the marriage. It's the dad and the father that will initiate, hopefully, love, loving relationships within the home. It's the dad that will step out maybe when he's done wrong or others have done wrong, and he'll be there to help in that home. God the Father has been and will always be there for his children, no matter what they do. We see that. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, the makings of a great dad. You know, the makings of a great dad are to reflect on the attributes of God, our Heavenly Father. 
And we see here in Luke chapter 15, I'm not going to go into the details of this, again, parable here about the prodigal son and, and the father there in any detail here, as I know each one is familiar with it to some degree. But I want you to see him initiate love in the home. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Again in this parable, we see a father who truly loved his sons. He loved both his sons. I believe he loved both his sons much the same. He loved both his sons in so many different ways. Again, you see here, though, when one of his sons went off and he wasted his substance on riotous living, when his son went in the wrong direction, who is the one who initiated a new relationship, a reunited relationship with his son? The father did. The father did. The Bible says he had compassion and he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. To be a reflection of God the Father, we need to be people that love before others love us. When a child is born to family, we learn to love that child before they love us. And that child reciprocates that love. So it is with our Heavenly Father. My Father, which is in heaven, loved me far before I loved Him. My dad loved me before I loved Him. I love my father now because he loved me. He cared for me. He wasn't perfect, but yet I love him. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 48. To be a great kind of a father, we need to be an initiator, especially when it comes to this thing of love. This world knows nothing to a large degree about love. They know a lot about lust. They know a lot about trash. They know a lot about junk. They know a lot about destruction. They know a lot about messing up people's lives. But they know little about love. Jacob here was a father who started out as a schemer but ended up being a spiritual leader. I've said that before. It's a neat kind of a story. Again, I'm not going to look into his life in great detail, but again, let's look at Genesis chapter 48, verse number uh, 14, Genesis 48, verse 14. Here's Jacob in his old age. He certainly wasn't the perfect kind of a father, but he grew into a good kind of a father. It says, And Israel stretched out his, his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, got hiding his hands wittily, for Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father uh, Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God that fed me all my life along unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let thy name be named on them in the name of my father Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude into the midst of the earth. You know what's a good father to do? He's to initiate love. What's a father to do? 
He's to encourage. He's to encourage. You see here in the Bible, the, the, the desire of Israel was that those that came from him would be blessed. Verse number 16, it says this simply, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Verse number 19, his father refused and said, I know it, my son, talking to his son there, uh, Jacob talking to Joseph there. He says, and he refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it, but he shall be a people. He also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his son shall be a multitude of the nations. And he blessed them that, that day in that uh, and thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh, and Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you. I die, but God shall be with you. Those are words of encouragement from a father. Those are words that should be expressed by a father. A father's to be initiator when it comes to love. A father's to be initiator when it comes to encouragement. Look at chapter 49, verse number 3. It says, in Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my excellency, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Words of encouragement directed towards Reuben. Words of truth directed towards each one of them. He didn't prophesy good things or bad things or different things. He told them the truth. All he said was, of the truth. He prophesied concerning each one of them. And again, we can look through this whole chapter and it, again, encouraging them in many ways to follow God and to continue in the ways of God. Look at verse number 29 of this chapter. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto the, my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephraim of, uh, of the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of uh, Machpelah, which is before Mam uh, Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham brought for a field of Ephraim, the Hittite, for a possession of buried place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. And the purchase of the field and the cave that is therein was from the children of Hath. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered his feet into his bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered to his people. Again, as I think of a great kind of a father, I think of someone, again, who initiates. Initiates, trying to direct his family towards God and the things of the Lord. You see this with Ezra. You see this with Jacob. You see with all this and all the good fathers that you'll see in the Bible. They try to direct their children towards God and the things of the Lord. You know, some dads won't do that perfectly because they're off spiritually, right? I think of my dad. I mean, he grew up whatever religion he, he grew up, and he didn't necessarily guide us perfectly in the ways of God. Did, did my dad teach me, me, you must be born again? No, he didn't. I, I maybe wish he could have, but he didn't do that. But at the same time, he did direct me towards God. And the things of God. He did bring us to church and to Sunday school and all those kind of things. He wasn't necessarily the perfect kind of a dad, but he was certainly a good kind of a dad. Again, the goal of a father, I believe a spiritual father, is to build a spiritual dynasty. 
Not a financial dynasty. Not some other kind of dynasty. A spiritual legacy. The schemer, the spiritual Jacob, wasn't the best kind of a dad to begin with, but certainly desired that his children follow the ways of the Lord. And so we see, first of all, in the making of a great father, someone who seeks to be an initiator and a leader in, 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 in places of truth, in places that are right. Let's turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 15. I just want to go over to Luke chapter 15 because I believe Luke chapter 15, again, we're not going to look at 15 a lot, but I just want to look at one verse here from Luke chapter 15 as we see again what makes for a great kind of a father. What makes for a great kind of a father? Let me say this secondly here in Luke chapter 15. And uh, Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11, it says here, and he said a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me, and he divided unto him his living. What makes for a, a great kind of a father, a good kind of father, someone who seeks to be a provider or a caregiver? Like God the Father, every good father should seek to be a good provider or caregiver. It's not that your children need everything. I'm certain that many fathers, again, trying to provide their children with everything, seeing their children become very possessed with everything rather than things that they should care about. But what's a father to do? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. He's to be a reflection of his heavenly father. And so, again, if he's going to be a reflection of his heavenly father, and if I'm going to be a reflection of my heavenly father, I'm to see be some kind of a provider for my family. I'm to provide for them spiritually. I'm to provide for them uh, financially if I can. I'm to provide for them that which is needful for them and that which was helpful for them. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 here, verse number 9 through verse number 11, the Bible says, And after this manner therefore pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't say, again, a father needs to provide a whole lot for his children, but he's to try to provide for them. Relying on God, relying on God to provide for our children. And then us as fathers seeking to provide for our children. Again, the perfect kind of a father, the best kind of a father is going to try to provide for his children. And again, sometimes that's hard to do. I think it's harder to do in every generation. But you look back in the book of Genesis. Let's turn back there if we would. Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2. You know, God the Father provided, provides for all of this world. And uh, he, again, is someone, again, who provides those things that are needful for us. He provides us our daily bread, and our fathers, I believe, are just trying to seek to provide us some, some just basic substance that's certainly in life. Genesis chapter 2 and, and verse number 8, it says, And the Lord planted, uh, the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And so he provided a home. He provided a place. Again, this is a wonderful place. Again, God can provide anything and everything he can, but again, again, when it comes to a father as a provider, he needs to and seeks to provide some kind of a home, some place maybe for the family to live. Let's turn to Psalm 104. 
Psalm 104. Again, as we look at the heavenly father, we look at earthly fathers, they seek to be providers. And again, sometimes they provide, uh, you know, a lot, or sometimes they provide a little. Sometimes they provide, uh, at times, a whole bunch, and sometimes they don't have so much. Again, if I looked at the history of my dad, I mean, my dad's history, uh, there are times, again, he couldn't provide much for us. There provides he could provide more for us. But we also we always had some. And we also, well, all, I believe, had what we needed. Psalm 104, uh, verse number 14. Psalm 104, verse 14. It says, He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and herd for the service of man, that they may bring forth food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil that maketh his face to shine, and bread which strengtheneth a man's heart. God gave us food to eat. In the garden, he provided a home. He provided food. He causes the grass to grow. He gives us a curb for us for service. He gives us work to be able to do. He gives us hands that we can provide some for ourselves and for our children and our little ones. Let's turn to Psalm 115. Psalm 115, as we think about God the Father, he is the perfect kind of a father. He is a great father. Again, as he's provided for me and provided for many, he can and will provide for you. In Psalm 115 here, verse number 12, it says, The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more. Ye and your children, ye are blessed the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Verse 18 but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore praise the Lord. Again, as I think of a father, he's to be a kind of caregiver, a provider, as the Lord is. It says, he says the Lord is mindful of us. He, he blesses us. He will seek to bless us. Again, a father seeks to bless and to provide. Let's turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. What is the most needful thing that the children of this world need they need a savior they need a savior more than anything else they need a savior and again as we think about again what could God provide for us what we need the most he sent his son to be a savior for us John chapter 3 verse 16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life what has God the father provided for you He's provided for you a possibility of salvation through his son. That's what's most needful. That's what's necessary. He provides us blessings. He gives us what we need. It sustains our life. And God, the Bible says there in Philippians 4, 9, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so he is the provider. He is a great provider. And if you turn back to Ezra there with me, I believe Ezra was seeking to be what he should be for that generation, for those people, for his own children. He was to bring them back towards God. He was to establish worship again. He was to establish, again, a house of God, a house of prayer, a place where people could know about God and learn about God and, and come to a place where they knew God personally. Provision. That is one of the things that a father seeks to provide. I just want to mention a few things here before we move on to the last point here today. 
What are some things a father needs to provide? Again, we're not going to look at these things, but you'll find them in the Bible. He is to provide, first of all, discipline. He's to provide discipline. He and, his, he and the mother are to apply, uh, uh, again, to provide discipline. He's to provide, secondly, direction. I mean, big people, again, need to lead little people, and so he provides direction. Thirdly, he provides encouragement. And uh, let me say this fourthly about a dad, and again, this is maybe not so scriptural here, but uh, you see, again, a dad uh, provides some, I'll use a word that's found in the Bible, correction. I, I say sometimes a kick in the pants. My dad, I think, need to give me a kick in the pants once in a while and say, hey, just do this. Correction. He also provides a place of refuge and comfort. He provides an ear. He provides time. These are all things, again, both mom and dad provide, but a dad seeks to provide. Again, here in Ezra chapter 8, we find that the river Ahava, I believe he also, as we look in the Bible, he was seeking to provide a place of defense and protection. A place of defense and protection. Verse 21, it says, Then I proclaimed a fast there by the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before the Lord to seek of him a right way for us and our little ones and for our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So he fasted and besought the God for this, and he was entreated of us. And so that he sought protection of God the Father. And uh, we are to seek, again, protection from God the Father. And certainly, again, a father is to provide this also. Let's turn to First Peter chapter 5. What are some things a father and God the Father are to protect us from? Well, they're to protect us at times from the devil and from deception. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We have an enemy out there. It is the devil. And his desire is to hurt us and certainly even possibly to devour us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom to devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that of the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, set, uh, strengthen, and settle you. Yes, we may go through times where, again, we go through difficulties, we go through distress, we go through uh, droughts, all kinds of different things. During those times, we need, again, our Heavenly Father and our Earthly Father to be a help to us, to be a defense to us, to protect us against the devil and deception. There's a lot of false religions and false faith systems and false teachers in this world, and we need to be directed by our parents away from those deceptive things. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Again, a father, again, is also to protect us from the evils of this world, the evils of this world, the evil influences of the world, the, the, the corruptible influences of the world. He's to protect both his wife and his children from evil things that are maybe in this world. And uh, they can come in many different forms. Notice here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt, 
good manners. And so again, a father is to protect again his children against evil influences, corruptors, people that corrupt their manners to, again, to, to cause trouble in the home. Well, let's turn over to Psalm chapter 23. I think we see a good picture of uh, the responsibilities of a father, especially found here in Psalm chapter 23. And again, as I seek to be a good father, and I, again, I know that God the Father is the perfect father, there's some things that you see in Psalm 23 that show him to be a, a great kind of a father. Our father is a shepherd. And, uh, and again, in our home, we are to seek to be like unto a shepherd. You see, again, here these things that we've talked about already, but let's see them in this verse, Psalm 23, this chapter, sorry. Psalm 23, verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, a great kind of a father is to be a shepherd in the home. He initiates. You see that here in this passage of Scripture. It mentions there in verse number uh, 2. He maketh me to lie down. He directs me. He leadeth me. Verse number uh, uh, 3, it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Again, he, he's an initiator. He's a provider. It says there in verse number 2, He brings me to those green pastures. These are necessary. He brings me to the waters in verse number 2. He restores my soul. Verse number three mentions that. He seeks to be a blessing. It says there, verse number uh, four, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of my Lord. Again, our Heavenly Father will do all these things to anyone who comes to him by faith. He'll give these things to anyone who comes to him by faith. He'll be that father to us, that perfect kind of father. He'd be that great kind of father that all of us need. He's our defense. He is our protector. The Bible mentions the rod and the staff there comfort him. He prepares a table before him before the presence of enemies. Let's turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. Before we close here today, how can I be a great kind of father? Well, you see again here in Ephesians chapter 5 here some things that a father can do to be a great kind of a father. Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, verse number 1. The Bible says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. How can you be a great kind of father? You can love as it says to do there, walk in love, seek to sacrifice and serve your family. And again, it talks about, there's it goes on there, but fornication and uncleanness and covetousness let not be named once among the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You could also add to that, uh, separating yourself from the wicked things of this world, to seek to be a good father. 
Let's turn back to Ezra chapter 8. Again, leading your family. That's important for a great kind of a a dad to do, seeking to initiate in their family, seeking to be a love and encouragement to our family, seek to provide care for your family, to protect your family, and ask the Lord to watch over your family. These are things that a father should seek to do. Ezra chapter 8, verse number 15, it says, I gathered, to, I gathered them together at the river Ahava that runneth uh, run to Ahava, and there we abode in tents three days. And I viewed the people and the priests and found there none of the sons of Levi. Skip to verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahaba, that we might afflict ourselves before our God, to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for our substance. For I was ashamed to be required the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because he had spoken of a sword, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath against them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. I believe as a father, again, we need to look at the Father, the Heavenly Father in the Bible as an example kind of a father. Look at men like Ezra and Jacob when he got older and see in him the good characters of a good father. We need to seek to be initiators. We need to seek to be caregivers. We need to seek to be defenders. These are the roles of a father. As again, we consider some thoughts on Father's Day. I'm glad for good fathers and great fathers and a perfect father. Let's close as we consider the word of God here.